what does Hollywood get right and wrong about its depictions of God and Christians? We discuss this and more in this episode of The Overthinkers, guest starring Cody Benjamin. Hello, thinking people's thinking people. Welcome to The Overthinkers, a home for you to have fun thinking deeply. I'm your host, Joseph Holmes, filmmaker, film critic, winsome workaholic, and with me as always is my gallantly gregarious co-host. Nathan Clarkson, actor, author, filmmaker, and lover of both movies and God. What an odd thing to say. Oh my gosh, how on theme. (laughs) (laughs) Those things seem very contradictory to many people, and I'm here to tell you, you can love both. Smart boy, got a mind like a steel trap, full of mice. Oh, wow. That's that's the hot take, hot take for today. (laughs) And with us today is a very special guest. He is an author and journalist based in southern Minnesota. He's written for CBS Sports, Lancaster Newspapers, and Fairbolt County Register, among others. A journalism graduate from Indiana University of Pennsylvania, his books include Why We Need the Movies and Hatched, the unofficially definitive guide to the 2017 Super Bowl champion Eagles. He is the cool the charismatic, the captivating, Cody Benjamin. Cody, welcome to the show. You know, you had me nervous for a second. I thought I should have prepared a monologue because of your (laughs) introductions, but you did it for me. So thank you so much. I feel like I'm in like a, like Nathan's was, was very like, felt like a very uh, suave commercial or something. I mean, it was, uh, (laughs) I'm honored that you would give me such an introduction. So it's fun to be here. Well, and I'm going to do a quick plug. Uh, Cody, a while ago, he put together an amazing book that's a collection of essays and interviews pretty much about the subject we're talking about today. Cody, can you give us the title of the book and where people can find it? Yep. So the book is called Movies from the Mountaintop, and it explores 100 plus films that express God, explore faith, and might even enlighten church. And so that book you can find on Amazon. It's available in paperback or Kindle version. Um, So yeah, go check that out. Both Nathan and Joseph have um, contributions in that book. A lot of cool voices. We had Mark Wahlberg, Zachary Levi, um, some other big names around Hollywood kind of contribute their thoughts on the intersection of faith and film. And then most of it is just uh, writers, critics, movie watchers, just sharing uh, specific movies that personally moved them emotionally and spiritually. And so, yeah, it seems like it's it's on topic. Well, as you all know, we here at The Overthinkers love movies and art and story, and we also love our faith. So please go get a copy of this book, and you can uh, read Joseph and my contributions, and you can see how cool we are that we're in a book with Mark Wahlberg and Zachary Lee. (laughs) (laughs) And of course, I also want to point out, Cody Benjamin writes several essays in there as well, and they are excellent deep dives into the ways that movies can explore you know, the faith and, and humanity. So, and they're, they're excellent. So definitely, definitely check it out for his work as well. After you hear how well he uh, exposits on this podcast uh, yes. on those topics. <laughs> you're, you're setting the bar for me. I better perform that. That's, yes. right. yeah. That's the plan. That's the plan. You got to give the guests something to live up to. Yeah. <laughs> but so anyway, yes. So today we are talking about uh, God and movies, but first, Nathan, if people do enjoy our conversation and want to engage further on conversations like this and with fellow overthinkers like themselves, where can they go? They can go to the overthinkersjournal.com where they can find out more about their hosts and they can send us all of their love mail or hate mail and any ideas for future episodes. We get a lot of our ideas for future episodes from you guys who say, we want to hear you talk about this. So please have a, head over to the overthinkersjournal.com. You can also go to our private online Facebook group, The Overthinkers, where we have now over 8,000 members sharing memes, getting in discussions and having fun thinking deeply. We want you a part of our ranks. Um, and if you enjoyed the podcast, please consider leaving a review or sharing with a friend. It really does help us so very much. Awesome. Everybody ready? Let's do it. Let's go. Cool. It's safe to say everyone knows that Hollywood and religion have had a long and testy relationship. As recounted in Tyler Smith's documentary, Real Redemption, actually Tyler Smith is also in the book, uh, Movies from That's right. <laughs> Yes, but as uh, recounted in that documentary, Hollywood and Christians were suspicious of each other since the early days of Hollywood. But throughout the first few decades, Hollywood still made deeply religious movies that, um, about God that people of faith like, people of faith 
lights like Ben-Hur, the Ten Commandments, and Chariots of Fire that were beloved by Christians. Then, starting with the new Hollywood in the 70s, movies like The Last Temptation of Christ, Hollywood and the majority of the American church found themselves on opposite sides of the American political culture war and with deeply incompatible views of God. Christians stopped understanding art and artists stopped understanding faith. To Hollywood, Christians' view of God didn't resonate with their experience and restricted their artistic expression. For Christians, Hollywood's God became a God they didn't recognize, one who sinned, like in the case of the last temptation of Christ, one who overlooked sexual immorality, like in the case of Bruce Almighty, and one who loved animals more than people, as in the case of Darren Aronofsky's Noah. Cody, as a Christian and fellow movie buff, I assume you also find yourself caught between these two worlds like Nathan and I are, as people who watch the listen to the podcast know. On the one hand, you have enough knowledge of what Christians actually believe about God to know when Hollywood clearly doesn't understand what they're talking about when they talk about God. On the other hand, you appreciate film well enough to see that the ways that filmmakers uh, see the times and the ways filmmakers do say profound things about God and the ways that um, we interact with him in ways that Christians often dismiss. So for this conversation, we kind of want to focus on is what are some of the main ways that you see Hollywood get God right? And what are some of the way, ways you see them get God wrong? Yeah, it's a great question. I think that um, it's important to wrestle with if you are a Christian, because I think that the mission of being a follower of Jesus, um, it isn't just to tell everyone what's right or what you believe. Mm. It's to welcome them into your community. And so I think that it's an important question to ask because Hollywood and movies in general are just one um, venue or one avenue for reaching people, connecting with people over art, just the same way that a painting could be or a piece of music. And uh, a song or a painting or a movie, they don't necessarily have to have Bible verses plastered over them to welcome someone in. And so one of the things that I think Hollywood gets right about God isn't necessarily something that is on its face spiritual or about God. So I think um, one of the things they get right is just expressing the character of God in a good story mm. about mm. Um, love or compassion. And I think that it's not hard to find movies that move you emotionally because of um, a character showing compassion to another person. Mm. Um I think of so a movie like I'm just I'm sure there's dozens of and hundreds of movies you could think of. But, you know, one movie that's coming to mind right now is Awakenings um, with Robin Williams, um, mm. Robert De Niro. And okay, yeah. So in that movie, it tells kind of a true story. There's patients that fell asleep for a while because of this disease. Um, they were completely still, but yet they were alive inside. And Robert De Niro's character comes alive and he experiences what it's like to be alive. But then the disease starts to take over again. He's being forced back into this stillness. And you have to live through this in the movie. Robin Williams, the doctor, has to watch his new friend go back into this place of hurt and pain and where he, he can't control his life. Nothing about that movie or those heartbreaking scenes. There's no like easy explanation. There's no um, like verse or, or statement plastered on the screen that says, mm. you know, God is about compassion, but you see um, compassion. You feel empathy. You feel sympathy. Mm. You you feel these things. And I think that uh, it's just a long way for me to say, I think that Hollywood can get the human experience and the emotions of human experience right. And it's our job as Christians to then say, hey, God's character can be found in these things. Um, it's, it's not necessarily the movie's job to take, uh, the, the viewer all the way to the finish line. It's us, the witnesses of Jesus's transformation that can do that. That's interesting. That's, that's interesting. Good point that like the movies, what Hollywood may be good at is maybe not exactly telling you what God is like, but maybe be able to tell you something about where God's heart is. Like, you know, God's heart is for compassion for his people and can actually bring you to that place. That's a very interesting point. Well, a lot of times, I, this is interesting what you're saying is a lot of times movies display Christian values that never, that yeah. it, and they're made by atheists. People don't, or, or whoever it is, they don't even believe in God, yet their movies reflect these things that we believe to be true and believe to be founded and created by uh -huh. God, which is interesting. <laughs> and very often, you're right, you see within movies, you see a strong moral code, you see um, ethics, yeah. you see goodness and, and generosity and forgiveness. And these things are portrayed as good. And 
but the interesting thing is that very often they're not ascribed to God. So, um, you know, some people would say that, that the Christianity, that Christianity affected the West in such a way that very many people live with this concept of, um, goodness and and reciprocity and generosity and forgiveness. Um, and, and they act this out and they believe this to be true without actually ascribing it or connecting it to that's what has been created for us by God, which is a really interesting thing that we see that Christianity can actually be portrayed well in secular movies that have no idea yeah. that they're talking about things that are essentially what Christianity is. And that's a really interesting concept to me. And I'd say that's one of the ways I see where um, Hollywood, I, I would say maybe falls short when it comes to its depictions of God. Because, you know, it a lot of times Christians who are on one side are very sequestered will kind of have this assumption about the quote world. Um, that is just an evil place where no, where everyone's awful, everyone's stealing and murderous and, and evil. And the thing is, I've lived in LA and New York for many years, and the minority of my friends are believers. Yet these people are generous and they're loving. And we, of course, we have differences and maybe some minor ethics or our theology, those kind of things. But they still live with this understanding of, of goodness and rightness and justice. Yeah. Um, and the thing that I, I, I think sometimes bugs me about Hollywood is I want to say, yes, these things are good. Where do you think they come from? And so yeah. I'd say one of my frustrations sometimes with secular movies is believing that these things just kind of happened out of nowhere. And one of the things I'd love to see Hollywood maybe attach more is that these things are good and they also root from a loving creator who designed the universe in a particular way. Does that make sense? Yeah, I, I was going to say too, I think maybe what, we as Christians or, or me personally would like to see is just more of a balance because I think that Hollywood actually does a pretty good job. There are good stories about which um, the, the bad side that's come from the church or, and yeah. I think that those stories need to be told. Those sure. are, those are, yeah. those are stories that the church needs to see just as much on the flip yeah. side. Um, you have to have a balance too. I think to, to look at, like you said, where do these values come from? Um, why is it that so many um, education systems or nonprofits come out of these Christian ideas, these Christian values? Um, and yeah, so I think it's just like giving proper credit. Like if we're going to take the church to task, which um, it needs to be, that needs to be done. Uh, we also have to give it credit. And, and yeah, I think that you're right. It's kind of a, it's a fine line there between preaching yeah. at people and connecting it to where it really comes from. Yeah. You know, I think it's, you make an excellent point. I can tie this to kind of some movies coming out. And also like, you know, they, everyone talks about particularly in your, the Christian circles, you've heard about this before, but the uh, historian, Tom Holland, not the actor, the historian, no relation, um, wrote a book called Dominion. And he kind of makes that point, which is that we have all these assumptions about um, the way that, you know, about what's good, like compassion is a, is a good thing, you know, and, and, you know, and that these, um, but these, and, and we kind of take them for granted, like everybody has always had these values. He says, but no, I mean, like, you know, in, in the Roman empire, they, you know, if a baby didn't seem very strong, they just left it out to die, you know, and mm. which we would think today is like, that's horrifying. You can't do that, you know, but that was a common practice. And you can see this, like, again, you know, in, in, in modern movies, they don't realize, make the connection, realize, oh, the values we have today do come from somewhere. They come from god they come from the history of of christian influence as a good example you know you have marvel doing a lot of movies now that are about human beings relationship with gods like you know in the eternals in moon knight in thor love and thunder they and in those movies one thing they always say is they always have humans be in a moral superior position to god and gods are mean and cruel and evil and the humans through their innate sense of what right and wrong can define the defy the gods and and be a more moral force than the gods are and then one of the actually moon knight does the is the one of the most interesting ones because he says well your law by your logic we'd be killing babies and killing babies is obviously wrong and everybody knows that and i was watching that i was saying tom holland would be here being like we only know that because of christianity <laughs> you know so so there is so that would be i think is something like you know you say is what what's um Hollywood gets right is it gets sort of where the heart of God actually is in terms of compassion for the weak, self-sacrifice. I mean, again, all the superhero movies are about people in self-sacrifice to to uh, to defend the weak. So they get the heart of God actually pretty well, but they don't give him credit for it. And in fact, they assume that God is the bad guy up there that's against these things when we, the humans, have invented a morality that's superior 
to gods if he does exist. So that's a fascinating thing that, that seems to kind of put the cart before the horse. And what, it reminds me a little bit of, I don't know if you guys have read, I have not, I just watched a documentary so I don't have to read it. Um, Joseph <laughs> Campbell's a uh, hero, uh, Hero of a Thousand Faces, yes. which is kind of looking at how the Christ story is how we orient our, it, it, he essentially uses the Christ story. I don't think he's a Christian by any means yeah. um, or even a believer, but he uses the Christ story to say, this is a perfect story structure. And essentially yeah. every story in some way, shape or form uses um, especially the big one, you know, Harry Potter, or Star Wars, or what, whatever it might be, they use this structure that of Christ's life to uh, tell a compelling story. And that every hero has these yeah. um, these allusions and connections to the Christ story that look just like it, it mirrors it. And so, it's interesting. Birth, the call, the you know, the temptation, the you know, the, the dying and rising again. Yeah, there's so yeah. many things, and you start to see it when you see this grid. You start to see it in every story. And so, it's interesting to see Hollywood telling all these very compelling stories, and essentially, as Joseph Campbell points out, copying the life and uh, structure of Christ's narrative. Um, while never maybe realizing that they are actually telling a Christ story, and that's why it's compelling. Yeah, it's it, so interesting to me. I think that really speaks to um, the importance of well-made superhero movies and fantasy movies. And and there's a there's a chapter um, in the the book movies from the mountaintop where I kind of went through a bunch of different ones. I mean, basically any. Uh, and I say well-made because there are lots of superhero movies in the saturated market that are not as well made. Yeah. yeah. And, and so some of them are terrible. <laughs> yeah, they are. Um, and so the well-made ones, the ones that really make you feel something and are visually pleasing and just, you know, in, in every respect, they're good. Um, I mean, I, at the core of those, the Lord of the Rings, Star Wars, um, mm. you know, there are just such um, there. Some people would say they're like childish stories because they're so simple in their good versus evil, but really like there's something so um, timeless and eternal about that, that like that's built into us to like, yeah. didn't Jesus talk about uh, valuing the little kids and, and yeah. being a little, like there's something about this simple acceptance of like, I need someone beyond this world to save me. Um, yeah. And I think that, you know, even I'm thinking of like the Batman uh, with Robert Pattinson, yeah. Um, oh, yeah. you know, I don't know if you guys were big fans of it or not, but I, I really oh, yeah. enjoyed it. Um, yeah. And I thought in, in any of the, the Dark Knight movies, uh, the Batman, I'm thinking of, you know, there's just something so hopeful uh, on their like timely arrivals to save the day um, when they're really yeah. well executed. And so when Robert Pattinson as the Batman comes in through the skylight at the end of the Batman to stop this insurrection, you like you're, you're worried about the city. But there's just something that like wells up inside you that's like, yes, like somebody yeah. transcendent is here to finally yeah. put an end to this. And like you like, I don't think that the Batman was made to tell the story of Jesus. Yeah. But <laughs> but as a Christian, knowing that I have some of that hope like is is being represented there. Um, it's it's really cool to see. Well, it's I, like I it's it almost like I was gonna say it's almost like we're just designed to react to that th those images and those moments and those beats and story and it's like in the same way we were designed to react to Christ story we're reacting to the same beats right reacting to the same mo movements and in, in narrative which is I just think so powerful that Hollywood without knowing it is telling the Christ story over and over yeah. again because well, it works because humans are well, meant to react to this yeah. Well, I think it's interesting that Hollywood has, as we've continued to deconstruct the things that are real that we used to hold up into worship, like, again, you used to have the war movies, the Western, then, you know, the, the romance, the, you know, all these things, and God, even, you know, as our society has continued to deconstruct those things that we used to worship, you know, God, and then all these other real things that, oh, you know, the soldiers did some horrible things in war, and war is maybe not always so glorious. The West was maybe as good as we thought it was. And look, you know, rather than romance, it can often end in divorce. It's like, as these, and we don't believe in God anymore, as these things we used to make movies about, and used to worship those things in our movies, as those things have grown to disappoint us and we've deconstructed them, the only place where we can find the transcendent anymore is in fantasy. Like that's the only place we can go because only fake things can give us that sense of awe and transcendence because we don't believe in any of the real things anymore. 
Well, Tolkien um, talks about we have a natural yes. inclination to believe in myth, and he talks about Christianity yeah. being the true myth. It's the story yes. that we can actually believe. But I want to switch here a little bit and talk a little bit yeah. about what Hollywood gets wrong about God, because it, Hollywood yeah. does very often portray God, right? It, Joseph, yeah. you spoke a little bit about um, uh, Marvel's depictions of God, right? And how they kind of, yeah. and you recently wrote an article for Religion Unplugged talking about Marvel having a problem with God, which is so interesting. Yeah. But, you know, I've been watching TV recently and I, and as a Christian, I'm always especially interested when Hollywood um, focuses its eye or its subject matter on God. You know, there was a recent series with Andrew Garfield. Um, yes. Uh, what was Under it called, Joseph? Under the banner of heaven. heaven. And then there's the Righteous Gemstones on HBO yep. Max, uh, which is about a, a, a health and wealth uh, family running a mega church. Um, and, you know, we have Father Stu that recently came out. That was yep. a, a studio film that was about yep. God. So it's interesting to me that Hollywood is still interested. And this might be a little, um, it, this might be kind of funny, but Hollywood is still very obsessed with God, even while not believing in oh, it. Oh, yeah. And I mean, even the fact that we use Jesus Christ as a swear word, I know I sound like an old fashioned fuddy-duddy, but to <laughs> me that says God, Jesus, the concept of Christ is still locked inside of the zeitgeist of our language and our understanding. And so yeah. it's, I want to explore a few ways of what do we, what do we think that Hollywood gets wrong about God, especially in their explicit depictions of him or his followers. So what do you think about that? Cody, what okay. movies recently or TV shows have you seen where they depict God or his followers that you go, that's not how we are? So I actually have a counter question to this. How are we defining Hollywood? So does Hollywood include like what you'd call the stereotypical faith-based industry? Um, generally, no, probably not. Yeah, because I'm, I'm normally, when you're saying Hollywood, I'm normally considering them a separate category. Yeah, um, yeah. Just, uh, yeah, no, we have a we have a lot of podcasts on the faith based film industry and what they. Oh, yeah. <laughs> they <get out> We've <laughs> made a lot of interviews sure. in the faith based film uh, industry. <laughs> I mean, it's, it is interesting though because you could like there's a reason why there's a question now about this because like mm. you know the the Irwin brothers have you right. know their with Lionsgate and so like you know do they are they a part of Hollywood now? But I think for Pure our is owned by Sony now, which is interesting. Yeah. Right, exactly. So so you're right that that line is blurring. But I think for our purposes, we're kind of not talking about the faith based film industry. Yeah, yeah it's a good because. Question. Because it's interesting because I think you could find two different um, areas where on one hand, you've got this faith-based industry that I think that a certain section of Hollywood probably, they wouldn't say this publicly, but they are happy to keep funding that because they know yeah. it caters to a certain audience, a certain yeah. mostly politically driven audience. Um, on the other hand, like in their mainstream movies, they're happy to just bash the church or dismiss it. or yeah. And so it's kind of funny that they've got these two... Um, yeah. different spectrums. And I think that people like the Irwin brothers, um, at least, you know, from my conversations with them or people like Mark Wahlberg, if he continues to dive into this, they are trying to kind of bridge that gap. And that's a hard thing to do because you're trying to, yeah, you're trying to use story and, and you guys yeah. have done that in your work and your conversations. Yeah. Um, uh, and that's what we're trying to do. But like, yeah. to, yes. I, I think that, so, you know, if we're ignoring the faith-based industry side of it where they're just kind of funding what people want to hear in a certain category yeah. that's not fruitful i don't think for many people but i would say that um and this is just a little bit of like a tangent i think that like growing up like in my own faith journey there was a point and i've used this illustration in the book too um where like i i really got into like hip-hop rap music in college and so my first exposure to that is a lot of secular um Sure. you know, profane, derogatory yeah. music. All that and secular so, music. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and, and and some of it, like, I, I enjoyed the production of it. I enjoyed that. Um, I was just into the beats and all that stuff. Yeah. And so at that time, something watered down, like the old versions of, like I think of Lecrae or, and he's advanced a lot now, but like you might look at that, like the faith-based side of music. And to me at a certain stage of my life, that actually was helpful. It was helpful mm. for me to see you can be an artist and still um, respect women or you can, sure. uh, yeah. but at some point I think everyone yeah. reaches. Yeah. You just like, there's different at different seasons of life. You need different levels of maturity, like in your art. And so now I have no interest in like, just listening to a song that is just word for word, a Bible verse, but has no yeah. like 
artistry involved in it. And so yeah. well, it turns out that Christians, even in their industry and art, get things wrong about God too. So yes, <laughs> sure. But but, but yeah, go ahead. No, but I mean, sorry, to, to come back to your question of like, what does Hollywood get wrong? Um, I think it's just, I think it's just being able, like we were talking about, to point to Jesus as a feasible source of light um, and, and maybe respecting not just his forgiveness and compassion, but also the demands of his life and so, or, or, or following him. And so that's where I think movies like A Hidden Life or movies like yeah. Calvary, yes. those do a tremendous job of giving you this like uh, perfect balance between hope, despair, uh, or or more 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 like hope and sacrifice, or hope yeah. and a cost. Um, mm-hmm. In both the character, lead characters of those movies, they suffer. I mean, they suffer yeah. at the end. They do not win in a worldly sense, but in a spiritual sense, they do. And I think those those kind of movies do it. That, that's think- great. I was going to say, yeah, real quick, I was going to say, it, yeah. I'd say that would be one of my biggest complaints too, is not necessarily that they get things wrong. They just don't give credit. And we talked a little bit of that earlier, yes, yeah. but I'll yeah. add one of my, my own that is frustrating to me. And I see this actually both in Christian movies and, um, and, and uh, just secular movies is right. very often I see a depiction of God being made where he is magic. And what I mean by this is that, you know, one of the things I love about my faith is it's not just a system. It's not just a, a system of morals and uh, philosophies shoved together to make me, you know, just to come along when I want to feel better. It's a relationship, right? That's one of the unique things about Christianity is that you get to have a relationship with God. And so I'd say one of my my biggest frustrations with um, depictions of God in um, secular movies and Christian movies, actually, funnily enough, is that God is just there to, he's not really there as a person. He's not really there as someone to know, to connect with, to understand. He's there to show up at the last minute and give you something. And I've seen this mm. often, and I'm and don't ask me for any examples because I'm my mind's <laughs> a little blank. <laughs> but I've seen this often when they do invoke God, they being the se- more secular Hollywood, sure. um, when it's more as kind of a device to give the main character something, and then he's out. He doesn't play much of a part in the relationship with the character. It's oh, yeah. God is kind of this far off thing that just kind of. Uh, sprinkles magic dust when the character needs something. And I think that's a big frustration for me, both in, in Christian and secular circles is because Christianity is ultimately about a relationship and how that changes us, yeah. not getting something from God. But in that, this could be an indictment on how we have taught about God, right? Christians, yeah. um, that that uh, Hollywood is learning this, but very often God is invoked to just kind of give something and then disappear, but doesn't actually have a relational um, relevance inside the story so that'd be one of my complaints about how god is depicted within yeah. hollywood I, literally I would god just, is, is ex machina the god of the machine <laughs> like yeah. just to say yeah. you know, something and and not and which is interesting because like that's that, that's sort of um what was it uh saint augustine's one of his critiques of of astrology which you know is is was that it was asking for a relationship with divine that gives all the benefits and no demands um and and you see that so like you know it's like okay you have a god who is you know depicted only as he gets the cure of what they need and what they want um sort of mm-hmm. at the end or the things like that um which to your cody benjamin's like there is they they're missing the part of we like you know about god he's a person and a person you know isn't just there to sign off on whatever thing you want is like he has you know demands that he makes upon you as well so that's mm-hmm. that's a good and you think about, I mean, the story of Jesus, like, I mean, it's all about him becoming human, like being yeah, among, being with people. And so that is, you know, if we just boil it down to that, like that is a lot different than a distant God. And obviously now it's, you know, it's a different manifestation, but I think that, um, so one of the the um, depictions of Jesus that, so Andrew Irwin, when I spoke with him, director of um, I Can Only Imagine and some other movies, uh, he talked about how, so I don't know if you're familiar with The Chosen, um, the streaming series. And so like, whether or not you you are into like biblically based TV shows or not, the depiction of Jesus there is much more personable and lifelike Mm -hmm. and just like a human you could run into if you were in that time period. And so that to me, person, 
He has a personality. A person. yeah. He is a person. He's not even a like figure in a movie about Jesus. He he is an actual yeah. character. Um, and yeah. so that I think is 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 hugely important. And we don't see a, a ton of that, um, I think, in Hollywood's depictions of, of Jesus. Or I, I guess there haven't been many big Jesus movies. Yeah. It kind of got scared off by Last Temptation of Christ. Um, yeah. <laughs> but, but no, that's but, one of the things I... Go, say, oh, no, uh, I, I, one other thing I had, too, was just, you know, Nathan, you were talking about, um, yeah, just this idea of what they get wrong or not pointing back, not giving credit. And I think that um, not only is it important to show like this personhood of Jesus yeah, uh, and make him an actual like show the human nature of God, if that makes sense. I don't yeah. I hope that's not. Yeah, like, yeah, totally. Yeah. Heretic. But also, <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> but also like the you know, how that manifests in us now in yeah. the spirit, so, yeah. like, like us three talking right now is a manifestation of like the body of Christ. Yeah. And so sure. we don't often see, like I thought of like Lars and the real girl, uh, which is a movie that several people have cited. in in when I did the book too, is like, that's a great example of people, a community, a small town, uh, church ladies uh, who yeah. bake stuff and bring things over. Like that's a very good Hollywood representation, I think, of what the church, what Jesus is today through the church, or can well, that, be. That, oh, go ahead, Joseph. I have, I have another complaint. Well, I was with you guys. Uh, there, there's, a, there's a couple of things I think are interesting here. Again, so when I, when I kind of look at, you know, depictions of of God and sort of where, you know, like like classic ones, there's like, you know, the Bruce Almighty and Eva Almighty ones. There's, you know, the, the God from Futurama. Oh, my God. Are you God? Possible. I do feel compassion for all living things, my good chum. I think you've talked right. about a couple yeah. of times. So you've got, um, you know, again, the, the gods in Marvel movies that they that they do, um, or, or in, you know, um, Kevin Smith's Dogma. You know, I sort of I think about these. And what I think is interesting is all these movies, and, and again, or even like depictions of the church. When is the church portrayed positively? When is the religious influence portrayed positively um, versus negatively, like in Midnight Mass or in you know negatively like Midnight Mass or the Spotlight or you know versus like Fathers Too, which it, it gets is like you know Hollywood film. But it, it, what I think is very interesting is that they tend to portray God is good when He um, is uh, compassionate, merciful, and kind of you know. And and kind of um, is and empathetic and and uh, and makes makes you feel good. He's good. Mm-hmm. When he makes he's good when he's not offensive in any yes. way. Yes, he's good when he's again. Which yeah, he's good when he's not offensive. And and what's interesting and sort of sexist, I can't have to say, is that he's often more often portrayed positively. He's portrayed that way, but he's not more protected, pre- presented as a woman when it's done that way. Mm. You know, and so it's like okay to be feminine is to be, you know, is to be soft and nice and because they, and, and also that's good. And that's the good version of God. And anytime a God says, Hey, you're doing something wrong and not just kind of pat you on the head, you're doing something wrong, but also no, you're doing something wrong and you need to be stopped. And I'm going to, you know, react as if you're actually doing something wrong. Then God is a bad person um, because we don't want a God who's authoritative or, or tells us what to do. God. Yeah. Or tell us what to do, um, and and there, to, there's a certain degree of often looks like I guess there was another negative aspect of portraying of God is that the, often God is used as a proxy for um, things other things we don't like. He's a proxy for our fought dad issues. So like okay, mm. like you know, Odin is portrayed as a bad god, but he's really portrayed as a bad father. You know, again, if if you look at the, the Loki TV show, you know, he who remains or Kang is portrayed as a bad God, but also portrayed as a bad bureaucrat. You know, it's like, yeah. you know, the government, it's like authority figure. So it's like a lot of these things are not actually trying to take God at who he says he is or have a relationship actually there, but wants to use God as a proxy for our issues with other institutions or things like that. Which to be fair, if you don't believe in God, what else would you do with God? But I think it is, I think it is worth noting for people who are looking at portrayals of God, it's that typically they're only going to portray him as good if he doesn't put demands on them or tell them what to do. And they're only going, and they're mostly not even talking about God. They're mostly talking about their issues with their dad or with, you know, or with the government the or something. Yeah. The state. Yeah. Yes, exactly like that. So that's, those would, but they, you're right. Again, they seem to get the compassion angle, right? Like when the church is being the church is being the church when it is being compassionate and coming around people, but that's the only time they're going to give the church credit for something. 
so that's that's sort of a, a where where I often see things falling. Well, and, and I'll and I'll drift us a little bit for how they portray God. But another th- interesting thing is they do portray God, and, and you brought up a lot of good examples. But very often, what they do is portray his followers in particular uh, yes. ways. And this to me is pretty interesting. Um, I'm lucky enough to have to have believer friends who are really generous and loving and intelligent and kind. Oh, thank um, you. Yeah. Oh, no, not you. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you're one of those bad Christians that I hang out with. You're the worst. Um, but, and, and of course, I've experienced judgmental, moralistic, angry, mean, vindictive Christians, but I've experienced, um, that's just human nature. So you're going to find that across every group. But I, I find very consistently that when... Christians are shown um, in in movies uh, or believers. They're one of two things. And Joseph, you've pointed this out. I might be stealing it from you, but they're either stupid or evil. And it, that's mm. pretty much it. So basically, if you follow God, you're either dumb or you're evil. And um, or they portray God as someone who wants the world to be very gray and oppressive and yeah. to not follow him. The world becomes beautiful uh, or and, and free. And yeah. obviously, us knowing God, knowing God is freedom to us. Um, that yeah. actually creates a grander freedom. But it, it, I guess that would bother me sometimes because there are mean Christians and there are stupid Christians, but they're not all like that. Very many are intelligent and kind and good. And so that is a frustration when I only ever see depictions in popular media of Christians. And they're almost always, say for a few, there are some good ones. Daredevil is a great example. But um, very often Christians are portrayed as stupid or mean. And it seems like we're okay. Well, well we do protect, and I think this is good, protect many groups um, and respect different beliefs. For whatever reason, it seems that Christians are okay to portray as stupid and evil when I don't think that's an accurate portrayal of many yeah. Christ followers. To, to be fair, it's like, yeah, it's like, and again, as you and Nathan and I, again, we have both, you know, Christian and non-Christian friends. Uh, they don't seem to be more likely to be stupid and evil <laughs> than, sure. than any other particularly. And very often, just real, I'll, I'll finish this off real yeah. quick. Joseph, you pointed out in an episode recently that very often, if they're stupid at the beginning when they believe God, we went and saw Book of Mormon. Um, we're yeah. not Mormons, by the way. Uh, we have a lot of theological issues. But the whole point of that was he becomes smart when he stops believing in God. That his stupidity yeah. had something to do with him believing in God. And that, yeah. that frustrates me, I think. Yeah, yeah. I, I was going to say, like, I think, you know, I wonder if part of the reason that there is this such distortion in terms of or imbalance in terms of portraying Christians like actual people who have real, you know, hopes and dreams and families and things like that, um, you know, from the Hollywood side of it. I think part of it is maybe that the most um, public and most, mm. uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't know how to properly articulate. The like loudest the, the, voices. The loudest voices yeah. tend to yeah. be the most extreme. And we see that sure. increasingly yeah. in the political space. And I think, you know, that has dangerously uh, become linked to the religious space. And so yeah. I think yeah. that from Hollywood's perspective, what they see is on the other side, as they may mm. look at it, yeah. in terms of, you know, the other side is mostly that faith-based group who is also sure. screaming very loudly against culture. And what you're missing is those quiet, and I don't want to say there aren't real Christians in the, the place that <laughs> is yelling, sure, yeah. but you, you would venture to say that the way that Jesus taught and the way yeah. that a Christian is supposed to be humble yeah. and, you know, if you're not... Um, if you're not humbled, you will be humbled. Kind of like the way of a of a Christian. Most of those people are probably doing things behind the scenes, doing it quietly. They're not yeah. looking for the recognition. They are checking themselves if they're on TV, screaming at people like or they should be. And so I just wonder if part of that is this. Um, it's the kind of the experience they've had. Yeah, yeah, this this real culture war that maybe has seeped in a little bit to the point where. No wonder they're looking at and depicting Christians as these sure. buffoons, essentially. I guess I, 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 I get that and I kind of agree. But to a certain degree, I mean, like, you know, I don't let Christian films get away with that, you know, because they make fun of atheists. Yeah. And they make them look to be terrible yeah, people. I call, yeah. I get that. I call them and say, hey, that's not you, yeah. you've been to college. You know better. Like, you know, that's not 
how the world is. And so I kind of, I'm less and less sort of inclined to, since I don't let Christians get away with that, I'm kind of yeah. less and less inclined to be like, to let other people get away. Like, no, you, you, you're a worldly person. You've gone to college. You know that people are not like that. You, sh- you should do better. You know, yeah. even though to a certain degree you have to have empathy and be like, yes, if this has been a person's experience, it's understandable, but you you do need to do better at a certain yep. point. Um, I think it's yeah. on Definitely. both. Yeah. It, it, well, on both sides, of course. Yeah. Yeah. It's on, I think both sides have a responsibility to meet in the middle. And yeah. unfortunately, that's not the thing usually that makes uh, <laughs> wins over your, makes money, wins over your audience. I mean, it's an easy target to say, the world is bad or Christians are evil. Like yeah, those are, yeah. those are very easy things to do. And so I think it, it raises a, a separate, you know, interesting conversation about like, so yeah, what is the responsibility of Hollywood to tell a, you know, to properly depict a Christian and right. it, should we just be, you know, as Christians pointing to the movies where they get it, you know, they, they value, they show God's character or they maybe hint at like godly character in people right. And then it's our responsibility as the church or as people to be like, okay, let's have a, let's have a discussion group on this, or let's show, take our friends who don't go to church and say, you know, I, I just like to be the bridge where sure. the movies and the church yeah. won't. When Hollywood has been doing this, not just to Christians forever, right? Like I have plenty of, of black friends and Muslim friends who were frustrated with the depictions of their communities in Hollywood for many, many years. And it's a good thing that they're being called out now, right? It's a good thing that you can't just betray a whole community of people in a negative light. That's not a healthy thing. So, but here's an interesting thing. And Joseph, you brought this up a lot. Um, there's a there is a study done that people are far more willing, uh, even Christian conservative Christian people are far more willing to be accepting of homosexuality in the LGBTQ community if they knew someone who was gay. Yeah. And so I think if there's anything that falls on our responsibility, yes, many depictions are unfair of Christians. We know that we want to be quiet, humble, kind, good, loving people. And so when we see this depiction that isn't that, it makes us, it frustrates us, right? But if there is a responsibility on our end, it's to get to know people who aren't like us so that they can encounter humble, kind, good Christians. And that's one of the reasons, like, you know, a couple episodes ago, we had Mattis on, who is our atheist friend. And I've been friends with him for years. And we like each other. We're kind to each other. We believe different things. But that's one of the things we want to do here for Christians is to say, hey, get to know people. And then you can start to understand them accurately. But I will say, I do think, I'll agree with both of you. That is the reason. You're totally right, Cody. And also agree with you, Joseph, that Hollywood, the same as Christians, does have a a responsibility in the same way we talk about race or uh, gender. We have a responsibility to understand and try to present people accurately and with nuance, not as perfect, but with. And so that is a frustration I find. But I do. Unfortunately, Hollywood probably won't until they understand and meet and experience more loving Christians. Yeah. It sounds like, it sounds like an easy way out of the conversation and it sounds a little too simplistic, but it's almost like our responsibility at the end of the day, the most, the chief responsibility is like, yeah, go meet someone who might end up directing that movie. And now they have been colored by your, like by seeing you as a Christian who isn't just this crazy person who screams at people on TV, like Hmm. you have to be that model for them. And yeah, I think that's why I admire you know, even if I can admit, so like Father Stu, I'm not sure if you've seen it, but mm-hmm. I think that oh, it tries yeah. to do yes. a lot of the things that like Calvary, a movie like Calvary really excels at. Yes. And I think yeah. it does it does some things well, some things not as well, but I yeah. still respect as a Christian, yeah. the like I, I wouldn't say, it, you know, movies to be good art have to be more than just effort, but I really do respect the effort yeah. of that yeah. because I feel like it's coming from a genuine place of trying to say, Hey, you can drop f bombs, you know, throughout the entire movie. You're still welcome in the church. And live like, a hard life, and God yeah. still loves you. Well, and that's yeah. a movie that shows the um, shows the really bad Christians and the bad bureaucracy that can be involved in in the institution, and also the genuine people trying to be genuine with it, and the ways it has possibilities for redemption. So you know, it was, that's, it was authentic. Well, this is yeah. why I will encourage. And this movie, Father Stu, which I love, I will go ahead and bless it. Well, I think I already have before. But yeah, yeah, uh, okay. it was made by a Christian, uh, Mark Wahlberg, who has yes. spent many years not sequestered in Christian community. I love 
I'm glad there's faith-based industry, but if I can encourage you, if you're a young actor or a young filmmaker uh, and you're questioning what to do, should I just go and, and kind of sequester myself in faith-based movies and faith-based things? That's fine. There's a place for that. We, the church needs art too. But if I can encourage you, if this is ever on your heart, go to Hollywood, go to New York, Let be a Christian, be someone who loves people and shows God's grace and goodness to people. Um, but Go go into that world because that world needs it. And the more that world encounters you and other people like you and, and ultimately encounters a good and beautiful God, that's going to be change the perception of God and his followers, um, not just making another movie sequestered inside of the little faith-based community, especially when they very often commit the same sins that we accuse yeah. Hollywood of, which is uh, in, inauthentically and creating a caricature of people who don't believe like you. Yeah, yeah. I thought of like, I thought of Denzel Washington when you're talking about someone mm -hmm. who has not been sequestered, who's mm. not been boxed in. I mean, he has done, in fact, some very violent and profane movies. Um, <laughs> yes. But but he is like, I, I think, like around Hollywood, just universally like beloved for his, well, know, yeah. like his character, his consistency, his, um, you know, just the way he handles things behind the scenes. And he's also become increasingly in recent years public about like his faith and like saying like um i don't know just pointing to these these eternal ideas about christianity and yeah. so yeah i think it's yeah it's it'd be a hard thing to be like in that world of hollywood and completely stay grounded um but some people do it we're trying yeah, <laughs> yeah i know god give us that success and help us stay yeah. grounded <laughs> just give me millions of dollars in fame god and i'll keep on doing it i promise yeah that yeah. sounds like uh <laughs> Sounds like the eyes of Tammy Faye. Have you seen that? <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Good, good performances. Good performances. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's funny. No, it's it's definitely tough and it's a hard world. And but again, go, coming back to and we'll wrap up yeah. with this question. What does Hollywood get right or wrong about God? Um, it does get things right. We've talked about that. It gets things wrong. Um, but ultimately, uh, if we want to see those things changed, we uh, who, who said it, we have to be the change we want in the world. Yeah. Um, go and make beautiful movies. Don't sequester yourself. And, you know, I know filmmakers who say, I only hire Christians. I understand that you want to hire people who just think like you and believe like you, but um, I, I can't tell you how many times I've worked on set with people on my own movies and I hire people who are talented, who are, are not believers. And they, and they say, wow, I thought you guys would be crazy and mean. And I really enjoyed spending time with you. And, and so do that. Go and be the light in yeah. the world. The, you know, the Great Commission is going to the world. And I think if we want to see Hollywood's perceptions on God and Christians, we're going to have to be the ones who go into the world and show yeah. the beauty of God. Which, I mean, shock of shock, in order to understand something, you actually have to encounter it. And, you know, if people are going to understand what actually, you know, God is like, then maybe they would actually have to know some people who are, uh, who, who believe in him. So also, that's a, Hollywood, that's... go a little easier on us. There are some good, and maybe before you make huge <laughs> sweeping judgments, get to know a few of us. Don't judge us yeah. by the also, headline. Maybe, maybe, well, maybe try to get to know a few of us too. Like, you know, it's, it's yeah. you have the private jets, you can fly to a few more places, you know. <laughs> 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 you, you let me know if you get like some emails after the show of like invitations to go on these jets and we'll have do, these yeah, conversations. Exactly. <laughs> that's why I'm a Christian, so I can get invited right. on the jets. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> It's it's a it's a great strategy. I'm sure it will pay off eventually. One of these days. <laughs> well, very cool. This is uh this is a lot of fun. Thank you, uh, Cody, for for joining us for this. Now we are on to our uh, our beloved segments, blesses and curses, where we take a uh, something we want to uh, so a piece of art, media resource we want to recommend, bless in this category, and then want people to stay away from curse. So, um, Cody, our guests are always invited to participate in any or both or either or neither of those uh so would you like to participate would you like to uh go first or last yeah i can go so are you doing curses and blessings right now would you bless yep. the curses each person at once so like you know. okay okay i'll start with the the bad one i didn't want to like it feels like it feels very like harsh to like come on and publicly <laughs> yeah, like <laughs> yeah remember you know god can be both you know compassionate and demanding so be demanding yeah. on your yeah. So that's, that's a good word, a better word than a curse demanding. So I actually, because I think a demand comes from a desire to see better, you know, mm, an yes, improvement. Yeah. And so my desire would be to see better, or maybe just, I'm not sure what the fix would be, but it is actually for Marvel studios. Mm. Um, we talked a lot about Marvel and I love, like, 
I, I'm looking right now at a shelf that has Marvel movies on our shelf in our basement. And so I love the Avengers. I love uh, the way they wrapped it all up with Endgame. Um, we just recently saw uh, Thor Love and Thunder. Yep, and I yep. thought it was it was light. It was steadily amusing. But I think it is representative of kind of the increasing weightlessness of the series. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. From my perspective, I just think that it's just the same, like the, the old less is more adage. And I think that yeah. you get to a certain point where like no one wants to sit through two hour origin stories anymore, but yet there's not a, a cohesive narrative towards this bigger, greater threat. Um, and I just, I, I think that you know, like Thor Ragnarok, I, I loved, um, I yeah. thought, you know, Avengers infinity war Endgame. the whole way they tied up the saga was good. I, I just find um, and maybe you have a different opinion. You've enjoyed this, this, the shows and the the recent movies, but I found myself more just like I, I enjoyed the Infinity Saga, and I think we're overdoing it now. Um, so I don't so, know if you so want to chime in there. Your 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 curse is like Marvel, stop, stop making movies. Yeah, just like <laughs> stop while it's good, or we're like give <laughs> yeah. us a break, you know? Like, well, they did give us a, a couple year break, but. I, I, Until they I, stop I, making money, don't expect yeah, that break. Like, yes, it's like, I know. Yes, they, I mean, Thor: Love and Thunder. Even though you can argue it's the worst Thor movie, it, it's the made the most money of any Thor movie. <laughs> so, and, it, and so I would so I would say again, I don't think they should stop making them, but I do think that they should take criticism of movies like Thor: Love and Thunder to heart because you're right, it is a movie that could have had a lot of dramatic yeah. weight. And they decided they didn't want to do that. <laughs> and and, and for me, it's, yeah, and, and it's it's like aesthetically too. Um, yeah. I feel like there are some movies, and it's just a different style, but like the Batman, which we referenced, like yeah. when he walks into the room, you can you feel, feel you yeah. can feel it. Yeah. And you feel the tangible like weight of like- The presence. Yes. And so- and That's a good example because like they have- <laughs> they are still making Batman movies. And in fact, they're telling the same Batman movies over and over again, pretty much. And they're much. always good. And they're <laughs> but they're always good. good because, yeah. because they know how to both be entertaining and give it dramatic weight. And I think that, again, yeah. like, you know, it's partly the directors. Again, I I think that Taika Waititi doesn't always know how to do real drama. He's inconsistent about it. Um, and so even the Thor Ragnarok, which was very fun, yeah. very much underplayed the dramatic moments in that. You know, mm. so I think that, a, you know, it, it's a case by case thing. But I agree, Marvel has not done as good a job recently as they as they have been, and they need to they need to step up their game a little bit. On, yeah, you know, and I balance. always I, I always fall victim of like, do I, I know that if I go watch this in the movie theater, I am now paying money and I'm supporting this to continue. <laughs> but I but I am I'm roped <laughs> back in. So I remember when I saw Thor Ragnarok, I was at a point at that point in the Marvel saga where I was like, ah, like I don't know if I really need to see this. I saw yeah. Thor Ragnarok and I was re inspired. And I thought yeah. maybe Love and Thunder would do that. So yeah, it you you get roped back in. But that's I, fair, fair. Yeah. So my blessing I, would be. I still love Gore. Gore is still one of my favorite Marvel villains. Oh yeah, he felt like but, he could have been in a Batman movie. It, well, he wasn't a Batman movie. I know that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Just not that character. So what's your blessed? Yeah. So my blessing or my bless is is not a movie. It's actually an author. Um, if nice. that's allowed. If allowed. So, okay. I'll allow it. Um, so I just recently read Rebecca by Daphne du Maurier. Um, so this is the old novel that Alfred Hitchcock's Rebecca was based oh, off. Oh, interesting. Um, and so I had heard of the movie first. I decided to try the novel and it was, it just was um, a very like elegant um, mm. laugh out loud scenes, but very dark in general. Like it was just a really cool, like kind of a ghost story um, exploring this, uh, this young woman who gets uh, married into this. Have you seen Rebecca, the movie or? Yes. I've seen both of them. And I like the Hitchcock one. Okay, sure. (laughs) Yeah. And I think, I think the novel actually, from what I read differs a little bit in the ending, Um, but it was just everything you want in like a good classic story. And I just really was roped in by the writing and it's always feels refreshing to be able to read a good book. And so find a new good author. Yeah. Yeah. And so now I'm I'm starting her book. uh, My cousin, Rachel, um, and so, okay. yeah. Nice. All right, Nathan. All right. Oh, man. Um, <laughs> I'll, should I start with my curse? I don't really have a good bless. Um, there are a lot of good movies, I guess, that depict God well. 
Um, and we mentioned so many of them already. Obviously, everyone yeah, yeah. knows I already love uh, Calvary. It's like one of my very favorite films. Yeah. I really enjoyed Father Stu. I'll bless that one. Um, I guess I'll bless my com- upcoming book next year because yeah. <laughs> so I'm just going to self-plug because it's my podcast. So uh, I know what I want. Shameless. Bless its sales. That's right. <laughs> so everyone, I'm writing a book called Finding God in Hollywood, which is about a lot of the stuff we're talking about. It's a memoir book of mine and my journey through Hollywood for the past 10 years, being on set, talking to movie stars and what stories, movies and faith have to do with each other. And so I'm going to bless my book that will come out March of next year. Um, finding out in Hollywood. So there's a little plug. I just blessed my own book. You can't do that. Yes, I can. Um, but I'm going to curse <laughs> no something else. No one else is good enough. Yeah, I'm not going to curse any of my own stuff. Don't worry. Um, <laughs> I'll, I'll do curse. That. It's okay. a, it's the, both of these are gentle curses because I actually enjoyed them. Um, and I, I actually want to bless it kind of too with Afterlife. It's a, it's a uh, TV wow. show on Net, Netflix by um, Ricky Gervais, who I adore. I think he's hilarious. Um, Stand up is great. Yeah, and he did a, a kind of dramedy about a man losing his wife and, and uh, you know, contemplating suicide and dealing with uh, mental illness. And I thought that's the part I'm going to bless. It's beautiful how he depicts the struggle of sadness and pain and loss. And I feel like I want Christian movies to do that better in the way that they did this and to show the, the actual, and not just to make quick fixes and God comes in and fixes everything. You know, I don't believe that that's how God works. And I, and I think it took an atheist to show how deeply effective pain is. And I feel like Christians very often are scared to show that Uh, maybe the fear is that it'll mean that God isn't magic enough or powerful enough to make their sadness go away or fix everything. But it was a really beautiful, so I'll bless part of it. And the part I'm going to curse is um, it, it, you know, Gervais is an outspoken atheist and he has a lot against Christianity. And I find that in, in the show, when he's, you know, when someone asks him, why don't you believe in God, you know, and you could find purpose and happiness and joy and wholeness there, he dismisses it completely, but not very intelligently. And, yeah. um, and that's what I find is frustrating, because I feel like, you know, I've experienced great depression and loss and pain in my life. And it's frustrating for me to see someone just dismiss it so easily, something that's had such a beautiful, lasting power in my life over these things. It wasn't magic. It wasn't quick, but it was something that pulled me through these things and and still to this day does. And so it's frustrating because Gervais is a smart guy. It's frustrating for me to see him take a non-intelligent approach to... um, to faith. I'd rather have seen the, the character at least wrestle with a little bit and think about it, even if it didn't come to the conclusion that I have about yeah. God, just at least take it seri- a little more seriously and wrestle with it rather than dismissing it in a joke. And he does that a few times where he kind of dismisses anyone who's trying to help him with faith as a joke. You know, why would I believe that? That's kind of stupid. And I'm like, oh, come on. You know, I think, you know, it's something to wrestle with in sadness and loss. Yeah. Even if you don't come to the conclusion that God is real, like me, I feel like it's a natural thing to wrestle with at the very least um, in the face of death. So that I, I'm going to cur- bless one part and curse the other part. Then I'm going to curse the righteous gemstones because this uh, does to Christians what Hollywood, we talked a little bit about it, has been doing to minority groups for a long time, which is taking the worst common denominator and saying this is indicative of the entire community. And so it's about a family of mm-hmm. megachurch pastors who are all corrupt, who who are just terrible and murderous and backstabbing. And it is funny. I get it. It's very funny. The actors are funny. But to me, it just used my faith as a gimmick. And it totally painted all Christians as both stupid and evil all at once without Mm. any kind of nuance or understanding. Um, And it felt like, you know, on the page recently, the Overthinkers page, you asked, someone asked something about how do you... um, you know, rib something and, and, and satire something. And for me, if you want to satire something, you have to have a love of it and a knowledge of it. And it's clear that I don't think anyone on this writing team had a knowledge or a love for faith, yet they used faith as a central thing Mm. to beat up on. And it's in, obviously I've never met a Christian like they portray in this uh, show. You've been in Christian circles your entire life. My entire life. And I've never met someone like this. Um, So it is funny. It is, it was entertaining. I agree. But I was, I was frustrated because I'm like, that's not, 
you know, use something else that you know if you're going to make fun of it um, and show at least a little bit of ac accuracy in your depiction. Uh, so, yeah, I'm going to have to curse, right? Just gemstone. Sorry, guys. But yeah, yeah disappointing. Disappointing to see, you know, John Goodman, you know, not 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 in a good project. But <laughs> He's always great, though, I will say he is very yeah, good. Um, yeah. yeah, no, he's I'm sure he's great. Um, uh, OK, cool. So so I'm going to kind of rattle off a couple of things that we've um, mentioned uh, or, or not mentioned that that are I think are good depictions of God at Hollywood. I think I get close to something that's 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 uh, good. I mean, I think that for most part, the almighty movies do a pretty solid job of God, you know, of showing both someone who expects something of us, but also is kind and, 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 ha you know, I think that there's, I, I've always enjoyed those. Um, Prince of Egypt, you know, if you're looking for a classic, like does, yep. you know, the Old Testament does a pretty solid depiction of God in both, again, his demands, but also his love and compassion. And the um, music, oh my gosh. So oh, yeah, mm. it's a great, Man, back when, Dream, again, DreamWorks, why didn't they do more of these? I mean, again, it was like- Martin great... Short and Steve Martin. Oh, it's so <laughs> good, yes. Playing with the big boys now. Oh, that's pretty. Um, um, I will say, you know, uh, and again, you've missed, listed a lot, of, a lot of others that have done a, a good job with that. For curses, I, I think I'm going to, um, I, I'm going to do a couple, I'm going to do Midnight Mass. Uh, yeah. I'm going to curse, as again, because again, I, I started out wanting to like that show because it looked like it was, it was a horror film that was wrestling with faith. And it's like, I love that. I'm really excited about that. But they ended up with just anybody who is religious is evil or stupid. And in order to be good, you have to, and again, even the, like the good Christians, they ended up embracing basically pantheism and reinterpreting Christianity as like this weird mystical thing. Um, and it's just, it's, it every it just it's very became very flat and simplistic by somebody who is in in a way that's it, it was very demeaning. It was extremely demeaning in the way that it was yeah. handled. And again, um, all the Christians in that, well, especially the evil ones, never mm -hmm. met anyone like that. Stop using caricatures of people that don't yeah, even exist. Exactly. <laughs> um, and and I'm also I'm gonna we brought this up. I'll just have some fun with this. I'm gonna curse um, the eyes of Tammy Faye. Um, mm. That's fair. I think that again, performances great. No, no complaint there. Mm. Um, but they decided they wanted to portray um, uh, Christians who are falling apart without actually doing the work to understand these people. Um, mm. They didn't understand like where did their belief systems come from? What was their fatal flaw? What was the thing? You know, like all the things you did. Again, I understood, you know, Arthur Fleck better in the Joker and what, where, how mm. he got where. Mm -hmm. Then I understood yep. Jimmy Faye, her husband, and Jim Baker, what their what their good core was and how it got corrupted. That they didn't do a good arc, and because of that, watching these people fall apart was much more like watching. How to put this? It was much more like watching, um, uh, kind of like it, kind of voyeuristically, like for fun of it. Like we're watching people's pain for the fun of it, and I think yeah. that's uh, that's not that's a, a weak, that's, that's easy not a way out storytelling wise. A little bit, yeah, exactly. So, um, so I would say that's, that's, those are some, again, curses, like, here's, I want you guys to do better. Cause this is, I love this yeah. stuff. I want to see, again, I, you know, Spotlight was a great movie. I want to see movies that are like showing ways that people of faith can do better. Um, but you actually have to understand what you're talking about in order for your critique to actually, um, hit home or be persuasive. Um, well, so, even, yeah, even Spotlight got sued for, um, uh, for false information. So there are a lot of things you can criticize us about but there's enough there you don't have to make stuff up <laughs> that's exactly what i always saying you don't have to make stuff up there's so much there that's real that's you yes do. yes exactly i just realized like as you're going that i should have tailored the blesses and curses specifically to the topic <laughs> <laughs> nah 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 we'll but do that i actually i would throw in like unless you were still going just no no i'm done yeah but but the police sirens in the background fit in perfectly with your <laughs> arthur fleck um <laughs> you know like city going to that way planned it that way <laughs> um i would throw in so two others that i would bless on this topic so that it fits with yours is um so the night of the hunter i think um that movie oh, does fantastic. a great contrast of both the caricature that may or may not exist the the evil yeah. murderous christian but it includes the quiet humble down in the wow. country christian yes uh, of the older lady who takes in these kids. And so that's a, that's a mm -hmm. movie where you can watch and see 
the two sides of the spectrum good and the bad it, that's interesting. It is one yes. of the most it is one of the most horrifying and beautiful movies i've ever seen that's a great yeah. one yep and the other one was um the movie doubt uh with mm. philip seymour hoffman and meryl oh, yes. streep classic where that movie also doesn't end with um well there's not as much of a good and evil like you're not sure who is good mm. or evil you're kind of wanting to side with different characters at different points in the movie but I think it does a good job of trying to um, see the good in, and and maybe reconcile with the bad in each person. Yeah. And so um, it, it makes, yeah, it makes doubt acceptable, but it doesn't make doubt like this saving thing. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think, yeah, both of those movies are very thoughtful in different ways. Good call. I love that. This has been a fantastic conversation. I hope all you listeners out there have got something out of this. Before we go, Cody, can you give us one more plug for where people can find this book that we're all a part of and that, and that you you captained um, uh, and, and what it is and where they can buy it? Yeah, it's basically just like a giant ship, this book. Like there's yeah. a ship with, with all these crewmates and I just happen to be holding the steering wheel. So everyone contributed. There was 25 plus authors. The movie is called Movies from the Mountaintop, 100 plus films that express God, explore faith and enlighten church. If you just search movies from the mountaintop, Cody Benjamin, it's on Amazon. You can get it paperback and Kindle. Um, you nice. can also find it on my website, CodyJBenjamin.com. And send all of your love and hate mail and anything he said that you disagree with, send it to him. Anything yep. he said, yeah. <laughs> but yep. definitely check this guy out. He's writing really cool stuff. Uh, get the book. It's really going to open a lot of eyes. And it's very interesting for any of you out there who love faith and you love movies like we do. If you want to get in touch with me, you can visit my website, nathanclarkson.me or search my name, Nathan Clarkson on any of the socials. And like I already plugged, I have a book coming out next year called Finding God in Hollywood. So make sure to keep your eyes out for that. We're going uh, to do another one of these God in Hollywood episodes. I know, we're going to yeah. do another one, of course. Sorry, <laughs> get ready for it. Not until next year. Um, okay. And, and uh, Joseph, if people want to get in touch with you and then us, uh, how can they do that? Uh, you can find me on the socials. You can also, of course, go to uh, overthinkersjournal.com. We love, we get your, your love mail and your hate mail, and it's very fun and very helpful. Um, you can also go to Facebook group, private Facebook group, The Overthinkers, uh, where we, we regularly chat and get in touch with you. And we have a, a lot of great conversations about faith, art, philosophy, you know, movies that we love and enjoy. And also, of course, you can see my regular work at Religion Unplugged. And of course, my recent article of that is about uh you know marvel particularly it's it's marvel's has issues with god is what it's called and so look that up and go to exactly i know how to play the game um and uh and uh yeah you can engage more with this very topic um anyway awesome well thank you everybody so much for joining thank you very nathan for co-hosting as usual thank you uh cody benjamin for joining us and remember if it's worth thinking about it's worth overthinking about